We begin with those wonderful words. You always know that you're going to hear from me. It's the start of a sermon. Grace, mercy, and peace. They're yours from God our Father through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our message today is a simple one. It's called Mirror, Mirror on the Wall. Can you finish that for me? Who's the fairest one of all? And from where does that phrase come? Snow White. You're right. And we find jealousy in all its ugliest forms rise up with an evil queen who seeks to destroy the child she should be loving. She looks in a mirror. Does she get what she expects? No. Well, as a scrawny farm kid, if you can believe that, a scrawny farm kid in southeast Missouri, I used to love every September when we'd get to go to the county fair. There were rides we wanted to go on and things to do after we got our chores finished. But we always wanted to go, my buddies and I, into the Hall of Mirrors. And we'd search out different ones. Which one would you choose for yourself? Just think of it for a second. Would you choose the one that makes you nice and husky and strong? The one that makes you a little shorter? The one that makes you taller? Oh, if only they had a mirror that could do something with singing voices or speaking voices, right? And the thing about those mirrors is they're not reality. They represent what we would like to see in our lives. And even in your own bathrooms or your bedrooms, you will have mirrors. Ladies, you carry compacts in your purses. And it's to make sure that that last dab of makeup is in the right place. Now, I'm not criticizing that you carry a compact, all right? Please understand that anything I say in this is not geared at anyone for size, shape, language, ethnic background, health condition, education, anything else. It has to do with the fact that people like to say, oh, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Really? Really? I want to ask you, can you see this in spandex and a halter top at Walmart? I don't think so. And please, there are wonderful styles, and I'm not criticizing styles. There are wonderful, up-to-date, modern styles that will at times use different attire. But they're combined in such a way, and guys, this is for us. All right, ladies, if we're going to get back at the guys, think of your husband going through Walmart in a Speedo and a sleeveless T-shirt. No. No. I wonder sometimes, what are these people thinking? And I know I'm 74 years old. But nonetheless, it's a simple call for common modesty and decency. And to remember that we are something special in Christ. Those mirrors that we like to use to take care of ourselves, there's a problem with them. They really represent something else. A life badly fractured. 
the mirror of your life and mine, if it's truly there, shows the times I'm impatient or that I don't listen or that I'm unintentionally rude to people, but it still happens. The times that we seem to be our worst. And it's because no matter how much we put on for the outside, inside we still have the old Adam, don't we? That old nature. And Satan loves to use it. He loves to push it up to the surface. And he says, you're comfortable in your own skin. Forget about all those other people. Do what you want to do. That's what the Pharisees did in Jesus' day. And that's where we turn to the John reading. You saw Jesus speaking to his disciples, but it was set up by conversations with the Pharisees. Pharisees who loved to have special robes and flowing things and little boxes with scriptures on their foreheads. And they would walk in such a way that all of this would sway beautifully. Beyonce had nothing on them for their actions. And Jesus said to them, well, you look good on the outside, but you're like whitewashed tombs. You stink on the inside. You're decayed. You're rotting. He knew that any contributions they made were only to satisfy the law. He knew that anything they did was only to make themselves look good to others. And the fact is, they were sadly broken. And he came to save all mankind, including the Pharisees, had they listened. And a few did. One notable, Joseph of Arimathea. Another, a man named Nicodemus. People who took very strong part around the cross. But it wasn't just the Pharisees. Jesus' own disciples struggled with this. James and John would argue about who could be first in the kingdom, and they sent Mama to triangle with Jesus. You had Peter who exhibited fits of jealousy here and there when something was said about what was going to happen in his life. Peter looked at John and said, what about him? And Jesus said, not your concern. Three years the disciples followed, and they still did not get it. And he prophesied for them that at the cross, they would each split and run. I think the proper term is cut and run because of their fear. And only the Holy Spirit could bring them back together for something magnificent. That's what he described in the Revelation passage. Revelation is a powerful image given by the Holy Spirit to John. And here in chapter 21, John says, the Spirit told me there's this beautiful city coming down out of heaven. Now remember the placement, city coming out of heaven. And he describes it as beautiful, the shape the 12 gates, the 12 foundations, these represent all the Jews who are supposed to be saved, Old Testament believers who died trusting in the promise, 
all the New Testament believers through the disciples who are saved because they trust the promise, having seen the Messiah, the church complete. And it says, it came down like a beautiful bride for the Father and the Lamb. You are that person. And he said, these are people who have their names written in the book of life. I take great comfort in that because of all the frustrations I have and sometimes the anger at what I see in the world. I'm just as guilty as, as they. We pay no attention to what we send out on the internet or what we look at on the internet. We find ourselves criticizing others, which is why I said, please understand I'm not criticizing any particular person. I just want us to look at style, to look at manners, and to look at decency, modesty. And when it comes to our actions, to accountability and integrity. That's the bride of Christ. And he says, this is the bride of Christ, beautifully dressed and presented to the Lamb who is himself in the center. Christ is in the center of this congregation. He is in the center of every mission statement you have. He is in the center of everything that takes place in this school. And he is to be in the center of each of our lives, whatever we do each day. I've asked you once before, when the Father looks at you and me in our faith, what does he see? Does anyone recall that? It's been a while back. He sees only the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. That's who he sees. And that's why we can be thankful and joyful. As it said in the gospel reading, our joy complete. And that gives us this picture. Now this is just an example. I chose this because it's a beautiful bride with her back turned to us. We can't see the face. She's looking out a window. This bride could be any shape, any color, any height. She could be in a wheelchair. She could have artificial legs. She could be a person who has throat cancer and no longer able to speak. It doesn't matter. The outward things don't matter. It's what's in here with Christ as our bride. You go out this week. You will go out. I'm saying you and I are going to go out this week guided by our bridegroom, Christ, and joined with all the Christian churches across this world. We will confess and live the life that God has given us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh, my Lord, we give you thanks and praise. You tell us to do it at all times and in all places, and it's not always easy to do. Sometimes we're so frustrated with ourselves, the way we look, the way we act, the way we feel. Sometimes it's 
frustrations with others, even the ones we love. And yet you have bound us together in your son, Jesus Christ. Let your word dwell in us richly. Let it guide our lives and let your spirit shape us that day by day we become more and more like the bride described in your book of Revelation. Let it be, Lord. Let it be. Amen. Now may that peace of God which passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.